Jimmy Butler dominated on offense last night, but could it be his defense that leads the Heat to a title? Luca and Steph kicking things off tonight in the Bay. Whose legacy has more on the line? Ooh. And the Orlando Magic land the first pick in the NBA draft. Is Chet Holmgren the Let's answer go. for Orlando? Good Wednesday morning, nice. everyone. Somebody was on it. For all the things he got wrong, Kevin Wilds nailed this one. Your frisky magic, Wilds, just got a little friskier last night. Feeling good today? Oh, I woke up feeling frisky, Jenna. Number one pick. I've been saying it all year. Here comes Chet and Jalen Suggs. Watch out for the frisky magic. Talking magic. So Chet. Big stories. I'm so sorry. That's the one you got. That's awesome. All right, we'll get to that. We got to start here. Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1, Celtics Heat, and Jimmy Butler. That's it. That's the story last night. 27 of Butler's game-high 41 came in the second half. But did he do anything else is what I want to know. Oh, he did. Nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks. A lot of that came in the third quarter where the Celtics just, just disappeared. They shot two for 15. Celtics have to make some Jimmy adjustments for game two as the Heat take game one. Nick Wright, what did Jimmy Butler prove last night? He proved many things. One is he is proving that we did make a major omission in club superstar, at least it would appear. That Jimmy Butler waiting in line was, uh, you know, listen, it's a new establishment. You know, we we have some managerial decisions to make. Everyone's on a probationary period. And our final doorman uh, maybe should have had Jimmy Butler not only not in line, not fourth in line, but just in the club. And I'm not sure who we're kicking out, but it might be. Uh, I hate to say it this morning, but me and Patrick Beverly for the first time might have something in common other than both wow. of Versace ropes. Maybe a little CP3 slander coming. But that's not all Ooh. he proved. Here's the other thing he proved. He proved that something that we have always acknowledged exists in the opposite direction exists in a positive direction. We, We have always acknowledged that there are guys who are great, historically great, regular season performers who get 20 to 30% worse in the playoffs. Carl Malone. His regular season numbers are that of a top six all-time guy. His postseason numbers are not that, not close to that. James Harden, another guy. He's one guy in the regular season. He's another guy in the postseason. Why don't we start to acknowledge the opposite might exist as well? Jimmy Butler, Brew, in the last six years, five times, has scored 40 points, regular season and postseason. Zero have come in the regular season. All of them have come in the postseason. This year, zero 40-point regular season games, three in the postseason. The year they made the finals, zero 40-point games, two in the postseason. Playoff Jimmy is a real thing. He brings the same level of defensive intensity all year, but he ups the offense to superstar level in the most important times. And that, to me, is something we have been slow to acknowledge And people wanted to put an asterisk on the bubble because they wanted to defame LeBron. And so Jimmy caught some shrapnel for that. But he's showing it again and again. And so that's what he proved to me. 
He's one of the very best players in the league, even if he's 20 a game in the regular season. No, that's fair. And look, we've talked about playoff Rondo, but you're right. There's a yeah, playoff another good example. that clearly, clearly exists. And uh, you, you're absolutely right. You have to give him props for that. Look, he to your point, to illustrate it even further, Nick, he may not make an all-NBA team this year. I had him third right. team because I felt like, man, I have to put a Miami player on there, and he's obviously their best player. And he did have a good regular season, but I don't know if the other voters did. We, we'll see. But um, he, he, what he did yesterday was he sunned the Boston Celtics, S-O-N. He sunned them. Okay, and this is a theme that is carried with him throughout these playoffs. In Atlanta, he did it to Trey Young. In Philadelphia, he did it to Tyrese Maxey and his boy, Joel Embiid. And last night, at least, he did it to Jason Tatum, the latest it guy, you know, among the younger superstars that, that are coming up. And look, I don't think, I know Jimmy's not thinking this way. I don't know if anybody else is thinking this way. But if you look at these playoffs, we are seeing somewhat of a changing of the guard, at least for a year, right? Mm. LeBron's not there. KD's not there. CP3 got unceremoniously booted out of the playoffs. And yep. the young guys, Luka, Tatum, you know, the, the, the Memphis guys, they are coming up. And Jimmy is like kind of carrying the torch for that older generation saying not just yet. And he's not only yesterday did it with his defense and his offense. And Eric Spolster said this. He said before the series, it's going to be a throwback series, right? Going back to the 90s. And no one epitomizes that Wilds more than Jimmy Butler. Like I said, both offensively and defensively. Of course, with the physical play yesterday, Ime Udoka said, they out-toughed us, they out-physicaled us, and Jimmy Butler was the ringleader of that. But he also did it on the offensive end in a throwback fashion. Yeah. In that, wow, he gets 41 points -range. and no three-pointers. Hits no three. That's that. like unheard of today. He was over two for oh. three, so... Yeah, I think that he took it back to the old school and showed the young guys, you know, that these old guys aren't ready to, to surrender the mantle just yet. At least for a night, uh, that's what he did. Okay, but there is another side of the coin. The disastrous third quarter for the Boston Celtics was a mix of heat defensive intensity and just Boston carelessness. It's like, have you ever dropped a, a, a pint glass at a bar and you're like, oh, you're like, the, the condensation, I, I got bumped by a guy. It's like, yeah, but you know what? You weren't paying attention either. You got a little loose with the pint glass and now it's all over ruining everybody's sneakers or shoes if you're in a fine establishment. So in the third quarter, Nick, Jason Tatum, who is a superstar, and the wind blows hot and high and hard at the top of Club Superstar. You want to be in Club Superstar? You got to deal with the criticism. Had six turnovers, 
in from from nine ten all the way down. Tatum bad pass. PJ gets a steal. Tatum turnover. Strauss gets a steal. Another Tatum bad pass. Jimmy steal one. Jimmy steal two. Then Oladipo gets a strip and and uh, uh, Tatum belly flops on him. And then another yep. Jimmy uh, forced turnover. So look, I think the Heat yep. played great. Don't get me wrong, but. The Celtics, and specifically Tatum, not taking care of the ball was the accomplice to the Heat win. And I know it's like, ah, oh, oh. it's just one quarter, it's just one half, it's just a bad game. Man, if Marcus oh. Smart's not going to be there and Tatum's going to have the ball in his hand more, he's got to he's got to stop this. He can't just be a shooter and like leader of the team. You got to take care of the ball. They, they lost the game. They lost the game well, in this third. It's not quarter just one because quarter. of Tatum. I mean, it's it. It's the most turnovers in a playoff quarter, tied for the most, in recorded play-by-play history in the NBA. Six turnovers in a playoff game is bad. We were killing KD for a six-turnover playoff game, killed CP3 for a seven-turnover playoff game. Six and a quarter is awful. It's worse under these circumstances, Brew. At halftime, I got to tell you, as the only man who had the courage to take the number one seed Miami Heat in seven games definitively with bass in my voice and with all of my chest yesterday, yeah, clearly. At halftime, I got to tell you, I was a little anxious because if Boston wins that game in Miami, no smart, find out day of the game, no Horford, that is a gut punch, an absolute gut punch. And if you're the Celtics, you start saying, um, we've played poorly in one game all postseason. Game one against Milwaukee. Game three that they lost against Milwaukee came down to the final seconds. Game five came down to the final seconds. They won the other four and they swept Brooklyn. If they had what they were up double digits at halftime, Brew. If they end up winning this game easily, you start saying, oh my God. And they're getting people back. Instead, right. Miami did what they needed to do. And that game flipped with Miami playing what I would argue is perfect defense for six minutes 22 to two in the first half of the third quarter the first six minutes of the third quarter yesterday and almost all 22 points were generated off live ball turnovers and stops they were getting out and doing their thing it was a master class in heat culture heat defense and jimmy butler was at the forefront of it in a positive way and tatum was at the forefront of it in a negative way Look, the Heat have been the best third quarter team in the playoffs. They've been blowing teams out in that third quarter, and you saw it yesterday. But Wilds is right, Nick, taking nothing away from the Heat. But Jason Tatum, I mean, some of these turnovers, you're like, what in the world is he doing? I remember when when Magic Johnson had his terrible finals in 1984. My father said, if I didn't know better, I think Magic threw that series. And we know he didn't, but that, that's what my dad said. That's how bad it looked. And some of these turnovers, if I didn't know better, I think Jason Tatum w- was throwing that game. Like, some of the, he just dribbled straight into the double team right there. You see Jimmy Butler the, the waiting back-to-back in the passing lane. Yeah, so, so there the he worst. is again. You see Butler lurking. So, again, obviously he didn't do that. Tatum didn't throw it. But these were just boneheaded plays by him. What in the world was that? And so, yeah, I think Boston, terrible pass. I mean, give the Heat credit, but a lot of it was self-inflicted by Jason Tatum. I mean, this is comical almost. So, um, yeah, that, that was yesterday. All right. 
Miami takes game one, game two, set for tomorrow night. Let us shift our focus to the West. Can Luka keep the Mavericks rolling tonight in Golden State? We'll preview, we'll pick, we'll have some fun on the other side. First things first. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. On Sunday, a USFL doubleheader kicks off at noon Eastern. First, you get the Pittsburgh Maulers taking on the New Orleans Breakers on FS1. Then at 4, the Houston Gamblers face the New Jersey Generals. It's on Fox. It is all streaming on the Fox Sports app, as it always does. All right, here we go, guys. Mavs, Warriors, game one tonight from the Bay. One big question for the Warriors. How do you stop an unstoppable force in Luka Doncic? No one's been able to do it thus far, but man, no one's as battle-tested as Steph, Clay, and Dre. Am I right? It's going to be a good series. Chris Broussard. Who you picking to win the West? Oh, moment of truth, Nick. Moment Nick, of truth. I said you can do it. Bro. I said yesterday that if Luca Legend wins it all, you gotta give him the title of the best player in the world. And he so, did. Nick, I'm gonna surprise you. I am going with yes. Warriors in six. Warriors oh, in dope. six. Did you hear oh, me? What? A yeah. Look dope. now. Now look. I'm gonna admit, Luca is scary. Luca is you scary. Don't say. But I got the Warriors winning this series in six games, as I said. And Luca's gonna get his. You can't stop him. All right. He don't tell me. Oh, don't worry about the individual matchup. Who's gonna guard him? Wiggins, Draymond. Because they're going to get their yeah, picks and switch on to get. Yeah, they're going to get the matchup that they want. Luca going against Steph at mm-hmm. times and Jordan Poole at times and whoever they want to put him against. Uh, they'll get that action going. But if so, Luca will get his. But if you look at that Phoenix series, it, I, I think that Golden State will win this thing on the offensive end. They'll guard Dallas as well as you can. But they'll win it on the offensive end because Phoenix, mm-hmm. Phoenix only had one real bona fide big time score, Devin Booker. All right, De- DeAndre Ayton, he he's good, seventeen points a game, but not a big time score. Chris Paul has always been a reluctant score. He can give you twenty two yeah. a night if he wants to, but he's more of a traditional point guard and not going to do that consistently. Golden State, Nick 
has three bona fide big time scores. And yes, I'm putting Jordan Poole in there. The Water Boys, I'm calling Ooh. them. The Water Boys, the Splash Brothers, uh-huh. Stephen Clay, plus, plus Jordan Poole, the Water Boys. All of them averaging 19 yeah, or more points one. in the postseason. And you might wow. say, Clay, oh, is Clay Michael still a big Poole. time scorer? Poole. Yeah. He's averaging 20 points a game in the playoffs. That's the same he averaged in 2019 when they lost to Toronto in the finals before he got hurt. It's the second most he's ever averaged in a postseason in in his illustrious career. He's shooting 41% from three. So, yeah, Clay is back. Mm -hmm. So that's going to to be the problem with with CP3. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I am not trying to talk myself into it. I'm saying it with base. I'm saying it with my chest. Golden State in six. Here's the other thing, Nick. They're not going to – they have a pedigree. They have a pedigree that Phoenix, despite having Chris Paul, just does not have. All right? The Golden State Warriors have stared down LeBron James. You think they're going to get intimidated like Phoenix did eventually by Luka Doncic? They have come back from a 3-1 lead deficit on Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. There is no hole they could be in. I don't think they'll be in a hole, but there's no situation they'll face in this series that's going to make them crumble and say we're done like Phoenix did. So I got the Warriors in six. Okay, everyone knows I'm going to say the Mavs here because, you know, I had the foresight, the wisdom, the brilliance to pick the Mavs two months ago. So why would I change now? The question is how many games? The Warriors, to have any shot in this series, are going to need to be able to come back from a 3-1 deficit because the Mavs are winning tonight. They're winning both of the two in Dallas. It's going to be 3-1 going back to San Francisco and it's not going back to Dallas after that, except for the NBA Finals. Mavs in five. And here's why. This is a terrible matchup for Golden State. They, I, I'll tell you, I bet you Golden State, home court be damned, was rooting for Phoenix. They watched Dallas beat them three out of four times this year. They watched Steph. Steph's single worst opponent this season was Dallas. Steph against Dallas this year 20 points on 39% from the field, 29% from three, and so physically beaten down. Steph Curry, 67% from the free throw line in four games against Dallas this year. The problem for the Warriors and the reason this matchup is so awful is they're not going to be able to hunt Luka because Luka will have his choice of who he wants to guard. I personally would have Luka guard Clay. You might say Nick Clay, he's a big-time scorer. Yeah, but he doesn't dribble the basketball. So, Luca, be out there in space. Use your length. If not, guard Draymond. If not, throw him on Looney if you want to. You can just say Nick, Draymond, and Looney on the court at the same time. Here's the problem for Golden State Wilds. Their fifth guy is going to cripple them in this series no matter which fifth guy they go with. So you're going to go Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond as your crunch time four. Who's your fifth? If you go loony, then you have two guys that do not need to be guarded on offense in Draymond and Kevon Looney. If you go Wiggins, then your only rim defender, Draymond, is also the only guy who has any shot of being able to guard Luka, and he will draw him away from the basket. 
Jordan Poole, be, yep. we have seen the Warriors beaten by people hunting Steph. Steph is not the guy they're going to try to hunt. Jordan Poole's going to need to average 25 a game to be a break-even player. Luke is going to pick him out and torture him. The way what I said jokingly, Phoenix was doing unfairly to Luca. That's what Jordan Poole's about to deal with. And by the way, his offense has fallen off a cliff the last three games anyway, because contrary to the opening of the playoffs, Jordan Poole is not already a top 20 player in this league. This is a brutal matchup for Golden State. They're going to need Steph to have the best playoff series of his career for them to win this series. That's not going to happen. The Mavs, the Mavs have the Mavs are the better team, guys. Sorry, they I'm dominated sorry. them in the regular season. They I'm have sorry, the best player. They've been better in these playoffs. Wilds, don't you What's dare. Did he class? just convince you, Wilds? That's the only thing Did that he just could convince that, you? That could, Broussard. Don't get it. Don't get it. Broussard, you, you've, been to, you've been to a roulette table. Nick is the guy with a huge stack of chips that you see him keep on picking the right ones. And you're like, I don't know. I don't buy that at all. But then he looks like, you know, bingo, there's the Mavs. <laughs> so against that story, I'm no. still going to pick the Warriors in six. Because oh, I believe God. in Draymond oh, Green. Good job. In Draymond's, good job. Thank God. Draymond is in a video game, and Luka is the final boss he needs to be. Don't forget, Draymond is out here saying, quote, I think I'm the best defender to ever play in the yep. NBA. I stand by that. I'd put myself up against anyone. Okay, so let's not talk about Rodman or Ben Wallace. Let's put yourself up against Luka. And both guys have been very complimentary of each other. Luca really respects and almost admires, say admires Draymond. And Draymond has been very respectful and admires Luca's game the other way. So there's not a lot of trash talk. Not of, it's, it's not a lot of getting into it. It's just two guys who really admire each other's games. But no one has been able to stop Luca. If Draymond wants to back up all of this talk with some real play, I'd like to see him put the clamps on Luca because I understand everyone's going to get, like, Luca's going to get that action. They're going to And hunt. this is a weird, a weird take, but stay with me. Stay with me here. Luca's going to get his twos. Luca's going to get his threes. I don't want Luca to get his fours. And by that, I mean, there was points in these last two series where Luca would make a bucket and you'd be like, man, that wasn't just worth two points. When you're going to body DeAndre Ayton, that wasn't worth two points because now DeAndre Ayton's basically out of the game. When you're doing too small the campaign, campaign's out of the game. You're in his head. I'm counting those as four-pointers. So, look, Luka can get his, but you cannot let Luka start to dominate the game and have like a, oh, what are we going to do mentality. Yeah, good luck with that. Draymond's got to step up. You're the best defender to ever play in the game. Step up. Shut this guy down a little bit. Game one tonight. It feels like either Luca or Steph's going to break out, right, and have a big game. Whose legacy would benefit most from winning this series? Luca mm. or Steph? Talk about that next. First things first. One guy's Back it's to the Western story, Conference yeah. Finals. <laughs> Kicking off tonight in the Bay. Luca's been making a statement this postseason, averaging 31 a game. On the other side, many thought the Warriors' window was closed, but Steph Curry's got some other ideas. So, Nick, who do you... What do you think? Whose legacy would benefit more from winning this series, Luca or Steph? Steph. To me, it's not close. Luca's wow. playing with house money. Wow. Luca's 23 wow. years old. Luca already beat the one seed. Wow. Luca already exceeded everyone's expectations except for mine. And to be fair, I have very high expectations for my own children. Maybe unfair expectations. Steph, on the other hand, has a chance 
This would be a crowning achievement of a career that not not his best achievement. I should say a final great achievement of a career that it looked like the Halcyon days were behind us when he missed the playoffs in back-to-back years. Misses a year mostly with injury. Last year gets knocked out in the play-in. This would brew. This would be his sixth finals appearance. List of guys, NBA history, to win a league MVP and make at least six finals. I think you've heard of the names. Bob Cousy, shout out J.J. Redick. Bill Russell, Kareem, Magic, I don't want to leave anyone out. Jordan, Shaq, Kobe, Duncan, Braun. Did I just mention nine of the ten greatest players ever? Maybe. We did go up and down the list. Who's the worst guy on that list? I'm not sure. All pretty, uh, Bob Cousy, I suppose. Sorry. Now I apologize to JJ. But for Steph to do this for a team that is not a great team, they have one transcendently great player. Draymond is great defensively and won't shoot the ball anymore. Clay is not what he once was. Iggy isn't playing. They, they, they just started 19-year-old Jonathan Kaminga in a playoff game. They, Andrew Wiggins was their, their other all-star this year, and he has since fallen off. For, Clay, for Steph to do this, and keep in mind, when it's all history is written, and the guy he would have beaten here goes down as one of the five greatest players ever, you do get bonus points for that. So for Steph Curry to make his sixth finals and to do it under these circumstances, I think it would be, and one added bonus. I think in the contemporary player debate, of which LeBron is number one, and Steph, KD, and Giannis are fighting for number two, I think Steph moves, at least temporarily, to the head of that class. I think making the finals this year would definitively put Steph ahead of Durant for the time being. So for all those reasons, I say Steph. I completely disagree. Uh, I'm not saying it wouldn't be big for Steph. But Nick, nobody counts how many finals you've been to. It's an accomplishment. Don't get me wrong. But you Uh, make a big deal out of it to support your LeBron argument. I mean, really, you do. Nobody's walking around talking about Magic. Magic went to nine finals. No, we talk about Magic won five finals. Okay? We, we, you don't, people don't do that. All right? You do it, like I said, because you want to prop up LeBron's achievements. And it is an achievement to get to the finals. But we just don't look at it that way. So, yeah, if Steph gets to... Six, it'll be good, but he's got to win it. I I would be on board with you if Steph wins the championship, because then yes, he you, you gotta probably put him ahead of KD because of his accomplishments. All right, he will have equaled LeBron with the four championships. But out if he gets to the finals and loses, it's a nice achievement, but it is not something that really significantly changes his legacy because people will look at this playoff run and say, okay, you beat a Denver team that was banged up. Congratulations. You beat a Memphis team that was young and banged up. Congratulations. And you beat a Dallas team that had really one great player and was young. Like this, winning this Western Conference is not going to be legacy changing for Steph Curry. Just a little cherry on top. But to for really to really change his legacy, he's got to win it all. Now for Luca, Nick, this would be 
every bit as impressive as LeBron, LeBron going to the finals in 2007 with those Cavs. Yeah. Similar type supporting Cavs where there's no real great player playing next to you, no star. You would have gone through a former champion. Pistons were three years removed from their championship. Golden State will be four years removed. And the age is similar. And both were in their four seasons. So this would put Luka yeah. on a trajectory to, you know, do great things. And people would start expecting that from him. And, Nick, you know, sometimes the playoff run from the previous season can set you up for an MVP award, right? Yes, next year he could go into that probably the favorite. And if they have a great regular season, would almost definitely be the MVP. So... I think Luca has far more to Gotta gain wild than Steph does by getting to the finals. Mm-hmm. See, I find the Steph story far more interesting, though, Broussard. If Luca gets to the finals, ah, young player catches fire, carries team to the finals. Like, we've seen that story before. Nick, I don't think we've seen Steph's story in basketball. I think we have to go outside of basketball. So the, some of the names you mentioned, Kobe, right? Kobe won with Shaq, wanted to be his own guy, a little gap, and then won championships on his own. Well, that's kind of like Steph, but Steph did win MVPs and was the face of the franchise. Not like he was really sharing the spotlight with anybody. Then you got, like, Duncan, who had a long run with gaps in between his titles. But by the tail end, he wasn't the main guy anymore either. So I actually feel like it's a little bit like his Under Armour uh, co-sponsor, Tom Brady, where it's like, as long as I'm here, we can change a lot of the guys around me. And there's still some core pieces, obviously. But we just, all of a sudden, my team is far younger and looks far different than my first championship. And guess what? I still brought us here. So I find Steph's narrative to be more interesting and totally unique and more like Brady than anyone in the NBA I could think of. Well, listen, I was trying to, while you were doing it, think of an NBA guy, Dr. J, if you want to talk about what he did in the ABA, then the gap in the NBA, and then the 83 title, but Mm -hmm. there he had Moses. Wilt had a bit of a gap, but he also changed teams. There isn't a great example of a guy, it would have been like if Dirk won in 06, but he lost in 06, and then won in 2011. So you're right, there's not a great comp for it. Duncan had the gap. From 07 to 14 between rings five and four and five, but he wasn't the best guy in 14. He was still very good, but he wasn't the best guy. That was more of a compilation. So I, you make a good point there. I also think, Brew, that in order, I am baking into this, in order for Steph to, for them to win, I think Steph is going to have to average 35 points per game. We've only really seen him go Ooh. absolutely lights out incandescent in one playoff series ever. And that was the conference finals against the Blazers uh, in 2019 with no Durant. No Durant there. Durant had gotten hurt and in the sweep. But the Blazers can't guard anyone. Not coincidentally, Steph's two highest scoring playoff series ever. Both were against the Blazers. Sorry, Dane, but it's just the reality of it. That team's never been able to guard. I just, I think Steph is going to have to be, I don't think they can rely on Jordan Poole. And I think Clay will have a great game or two maybe and some really tough spots. We know Draymond's not going to score. 
We know Kaminga, whatever you get from him is a bonus. I think Steph is going to have to be utterly sensational. And if he is and gets to a sixth finals, and you, one other thing, bro, you say we. I don't know if you got a mouse in your pocket, but this idea of we don't count finals appearances, hey, you know, the opinion makers change, buddy. Maybe that'll change. Maybe, maybe who sets the narrative changes we? with generations. And maybe finals appearances will start mattering quite a bit more than it did no, to you old you, folks. You, maybe you're that. trying. Maybe. Oh, you're trying. Knows? You brought up, you brought up Dr. Right. J. When was the last time you heard, you know, Dr. J went to four finals? You haven't heard four that. Finals. You've heard Dr. Well, J won right one NBA championship. <laughs> All right. So, though, you're trying to swing it that way, but that. The old school nor the analytics brigade is buying it, Nick. And that, that Steph's got to average 35? Shaq went to six. It. He doesn't have to average 35 oh. in this series for them to win. Well, oh, Wiggins all of a sudden can't get past the game five. Stop it. Oh, Wiggins. Yeah, all right. Here's we'll see. Wiggins. It's got we'll some medals. Ask Phoenix what the Just regular season record the conversation. Jason Tatum gave you the good and the bad last night. 29 points, that's good. Seven turnovers, that's bad. No soup for you, Jason Tatum. Nick, which three guys were better last night? All right, we have given out a medal to a coach. We have given out a medal to a GM. But now we're to one game a night. We don't want to give a medal to a losing player unless he was absolutely outstanding. So now we are giving out a medal to a fan? Flow writer. Most, most notably, a fan's wow. jewelry. The first ever life-size Jesus piece. How about that? I don't. They say it costs half a million. I say, you know what? You gotta steal, size. my friend. Flo Rida gets a bronze medal, which is actually smaller <laughs> than his Jesus piece. Silver medal. Gabe. Oh, Gabe Vincent heard the disrespect billowing out of Broussard's yeah, mouth. Gabe Vincent's gonna beat you. <laughs> Gabe Vincent, he said, you're damn straight I am. I'm Gabe bleeping Vincent. Put some respect on my name. A plus 23 with 17 points and some key threes. But of course, the goal goes to the one and only actual playoff Has Jimmy. To. Jimmy Butler. Has to. 41, 9, 5, 4, and 3. The only other player in NBA history to ever put up 40 Five, five, three, and three happens to be one LeBron James who did in back-to-back -back games in the NBA Finals for the greatest comeback ever. Jimmy Butler, nice short list that he's on. Playoff Jimmy gets the goal. <laughs> Flow rider. Jimmy <laughs> Butler did it. So Jimmy was the big star last night, but did he prove he belongs in Knicks Club Superstar? To be discussed. First things first. We're talking Celtics Heat. Game one and Jimmy Butler. That's it. That, that was the story last night. Jimmy Butler, 41 points, 27 of them in the second half. But did he do anything else is what I want to know. Yes, he did. Nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks for Jimmy Butler. Nick, did Butler, what, what did he prove last night with his performance in a win over the Boston Celtics? Well, a number of things. He proved that we were fools at Club Superstar for not having him on the the initial invite list. And Jimmy, if you'll have us, we'd love to have you. We'll you know escort you to the front of the line. And if that means Chris Paul's got to be thrown out, I then Chris Paul's got to be thrown wow. out. Now Chris Paul's been itching to leave. 
Because he's gotta think somebody to fight to leave. up the Throw street out? wearing his Versace robe. But that's a separate issue that I'll let Chris Paul handle. <laughs> Which would be a fight, by the way. I'd install Chris Paul's a minus 360 favorite. But Chris might have to go and Jimmy might have to go in. Because Brew, Jimmy Butler is proving to be the bizarro James Harden. A guy who James Harden's postseason numbers are fine. But his regular season numbers are otherworldly. Jimmy Butler, now in two of the last three playoffs, or two of the last three seasons, has had fine to quite good regular season numbers, and then been utterly spectacular in the playoffs. He went toe-to-toe with LeBron for four games, five games, I guess you could say, of the 2020 finals, and then finally ran out of gas. That year, he had zero 40-point games in the regular season and two in the postseason. This year, he had zero 40-point games in the regular season, already has three this postseason. He just put up a stat line, at least 40 points, five rebounds, five assists, three steals, three blocks, that in the last 60 years has been done three times in any playoff game by anybody. LeBron, game five, 2016. LeBron, game six, 2016. And Jimmy Butler last night. And he does it, obviously, on both ends, as illustrated by the steals and blocks there, but also just the general intensity. And I, you know, I asked you after game one, is it possible, or before game one, that the Heat have the best player in this series? And I think what you said, I don't want to misquote you, is it's possible Jimmy Butler plays the best, but it's not possible that they have the best player. Maybe he outplays Tatum for a series, but it's not possible he's the best player. Is it possible he's the best player? And that Jimmy Butler just operates at like a 70%, you know, throttle during the regular season. And in the postseason, the real playoff Jimmy is unleashed. Like, I feel like that's at least on the board. So that's what he proved to me. Now, that's an interesting question, Nick. Um, I do think Tatum's the better player. But if through the course of this series, six, seven games, Butler plays like this and Tatum plays like that, that being six turnovers in the third quarter, then it might switch. But overall, I do think, and I think most people feel like Tatum is the better player, and obviously he's ascending, and Butler is great. And I I do agree with you that Butler is right at the door of club superstar. All right, maybe because of his pedigree, he averaged two points as a rookie you know, he he worked yeah. for every single thing he's gotten in this league. And to be honest, in his life to a large degree before he even got to the NBA. So he's got a unique story that most superstars don't have. Maybe that's why we've been reluctant to give him his props. But if he pulls this off and continues to play the way he did last night, it's going to be undeniable. Because what he did last night with the 41 points, guys, think about this. I get it, and it's you. you. You can't really understate that Marcus Smart and Al Horford weren't there. That's going to change the series when they come back, whenever that is. But this was a defense that made Kevin Durant look pedestrian. This was a defense yep, that right. while Giannis played great and got his, I mean, it, it made Giannis struggle more than we've seen in years. And, and Jimmy Butler goes out there wilds and scores 41 points in an old school way in hitting no three pointers. 
None. Like that's yeah. almost unheard of in today's NBA. And I think he exemplified what Eric Spolster, his coach, said before the series. It's going to be a throwback series. And he was throwback offensively and dominating with the mid-range and getting to the line and defensively and bringing a tenacity, he and P.J. Tucker, that made it did to Boston what Boston did to the Nets. The Nets just could not handle Boston's physicality. And they, they, they backed up because of it. That happened last night to the Celtics. Emi Udoka admitted it after the game. They out-toughed us, out-physicaled us, and Jimmy Butler was the At key to that. Again, I don't expect this to continue all seven games or six games, but last night, Wilds, that was the key, and Jimmy Butler was the key. So the Heat defense played great, Broussard, I agree. But they also started this snowball that started to go down this third quarter hill, and the Celtics were a part of that. Jason Tatum had six turnovers, and some of them, you know, I'll give it to you, great defense. Ah, oh, Heat culture, slapping the floor again after it. But, man, not all six. Tatum, bad pass. P.J. gets a steal. Strauss gets a steal. Jimmy gets two steals. Oladipo gets a steal, then Jason tackles him, and then Jimmy gets another one. So here's the thing. If Jason Tatum is the superstar that we all think he is, and we know that Marcus Smart is not there, the margin for error, Nick, gets very, very slim. I've got to think, and this is me being at my most optimistic, that Tatum comes out game two and has zero turnovers. So he had seven last zero. night, six in the third That's quarter. Tough. He also had, well, here's the thing. He also had seven turnovers against the final games, the closeout game of the Bucs. But it didn't kill him. This time it did. So now I think Tatum's like, all right, I got to take care of the ball. If the Celtics have any chance if they're missing Marcus Smart, you can't just be given the heat three points because this is when the game got out of control in the third quarter. I know we're going to say this is the Jimmy Butler parade. We're all happy. But if Jason Tatum is a true superstar, club superstar serves lobos and criticism if you don't play well. And Jason Tatum deserves a criticism for letting this game get out of control in the third quarter. Well, it's not just letting it out of control. It switched control. The Celtics went from up 10 to down 10 in six minutes. Yeah. 22 yeah, to 2 yeah. run. Back in a quarter that if, in control. if Boston had won this game, you two who both picked the Celtics to win the series would have to have come in here this morning feeling like you were too conservative. Cause I think you both picked Celtics in six that like, okay, if Boston oh, wins yeah. in Miami with no smart, and no Horford. Like what? So that's psychologically, it would have been such a coup for them. But, Brew, I looked up uh, while during the break your point about 40 points, no threes. It's happened five times in the playoffs in the last eight years. Jimmy has two of them. Five times in the last eight years, Jimmy good. Butler's done it twice. Once in the finals a couple years ago, and once last night. And it. It's so weird because I don't want to be too prisoner of the moment, he brew. But when he is on like last night, it does feel like that mid-range shot is never going to miss. It did. He was defended well. One thing Tatum did well last night, brew. At times, yeah, he has good contests. That's a great Look contest. At that. That's great. Defense. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yep. And 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 so yep. I just don't. Right now, Jimmy Butler is playing with such a quiet confidence that I feel like the Heat have to feel like they're in really good shape, bro. Well, he sunned them. 
He he sunned them S O N. All right, and he's been doing that all postseason. Trey Young in uh, Atlanta, Joel Embiid, his buddy, and Tyrese Maxey in Philadelphia, and now the hottest young thing out there outside of Luka Doncic and maybe John Morant, Jason Tatum last night. So Jimmy Butler's kind of carrying the torch, at least in the East, for that older generation of players who are putting these young boys in their place. See if he could do it the whole series. We got to go. Undisputed.